Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The way down is the way up. With all of the things going on in the world around us, it's no surprise that anxiety and depression are on the rise. If you're troubled by everything going on, Pastor J.D. reminds you in today's update that Jesus sees you where you are at right now. Even at your lowest point, he's still there within reach. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 19th, 2023. Bear with me. Hear me out. I think Elijah was a paramaniac. You know what I mean by that? He, he was in the fire, man. You know the fire he calls down, you know, the contest with the uh, prophets of Baal? God's like, hey, with Elijah, it's got to be fire, except for when he was in the cave. Because there was a great earthquake and wind. I mean, the rocks were coming off of that cave. Can you imagine how much much it must have shook the earthquake, that strong, and a mighty wind, and then there was a fire. Oh, this is Elijah we're talking about. Surely God is going to be in the fire, and much to his surprise, he was not in the fire. He was in the still, small voice. But I'm just thinking there was something about Elijah. I won't belabor it. I already probably did. But it's like God saying, hey, you guys, when you bring Elijah up here, he's really into fire. So let's send a chariot of fire and horses with fire. Did you catch the detail? Not just the chariot, but the horses were fire and the chariots of fire. So I'm just saying, I think he's into fire. But That's the other place, by the way. That's not going to be in glory. Now, I really did belabor it, but there's Elijah. Who's he with? Jesus. He got the Jesus. Can we go back now? I suppose one can superimpose the aforementioned question on the life of Elijah, when Elijah prays and asks God to take his life. Would you agree that Elijah's answer would have changed the whole complexion of his situation at the lowest point in his life? And that was the lowest point in his life. I mean, how would he answer? I think not only would God not answer his prayer. And by the way, this is ironic, isn't it? He prayed that he would die. He never saw death. 
can we just stay under the broom tree a little bit longer? I promise you we'll get out of the broom tree. But he wants God to kill him. He wants to die. And I just, again, you'll forgive my humor, but I just picture God in heaven laughing, going, you think I'm going to kill you? You're, not only am I not going to kill you and take your life, you're not even going to die. How about that? You're not going to see death. I'm going to catch you up. And because I know you like fire, I've ordered fiery chariots and fiery horses. Because I love you, Elijah. I know you're into it, so whatever. So I, I guess what I'm asking is, can, can we ask Elijah the question now that he got to Jesus? Now that he's talking with Jesus? I mean, what would his answer be? Oh, I, never mind. Never mind. Now I see how all this got me to Jesus. Am I taking it too far to suggest that Elijah, a type of the rapture, was alive and remained, and was caught up to meet the Lord in the air? He was caught up in the air to Jesus, by Jesus, to be with Jesus. Now, we have a problem, and that problem is, is that, and I'm just as guilty as the next guy when it comes to this, we, we kind of dismiss this under the banner of, well, come on, man, this is Elijah we're talking about. This, this was a mighty man of God, a prophet of God, mightily used of God, of course. I'm nowhere near in Elijah. He's on a whole new level of his own. Oh, really? You might want to ask James about that. Listen to James describing Elijah in chapter 5, verse 17. He says of Elijah that he was just a man with a nature like ours, meaning that Elijah was just like us, and we are just like him. Oh, how we do err greatly when we allow there to be this disconnect between the Elijahs then and us now, especially when we're at our lowest point. And I would venture to say, and I'm not going to look up, <laughs> you know who you are, and God knows your heart. You're under that broom tree right now. You're at the lowest point, and truth be made known, you can't see any way that you're going to get out of this one, or make it through this one. And you just want to die. You want the Lord to just take you. It is enough. It is enough, Lord. And if that's you, you're in good company, by the way, not just with Elijah, the Apostle Paul despaired of life. Job pleaded with God to take his life. 
and the many others like them. I'm not saying you do that, obviously. And by the way, if that's on the table, I'm going to say this in Jesus' name and in love. That's not the answer. God loves you. You don't take your own life. It's not your life to take. The Lord gives and takes away. But what I am trying to say is that if you're in that place, the Lord understands. And you're not alone. And you are in good company. I love what Oswald Chambers said, God will never fault a man for despair. You know, it's conspicuously absent from the narrative concerning Elijah, or anyone for that matter, is any mention of God rebuking them when they're at that lowest point in their life, barely hanging on, wanting to die. Maybe you're at the lowest point, and it's actually this lowest point that is the point of today's update. The way up is the way down, and the worse it gets, bringing us down, the closer we get to going up to be with Jesus. I want to expound on this for the remainder of our time together today. And again, I would just humbly ask that you kindly allow me to share my heart with you. Um, I know a little bit of a different update. I just sense that the Lord would have me go in this direction, but I just need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk <laughs> freely. I'm just sharing my heart. Doubtless many of you know by now that, and really like many of you, it's been a great struggle with the events that commenced in early 2020. It changed the world, and the world has never been the same, nor will it ever be the same again. January 2020 starts off with Trump's deal of the century, followed by COVID, followed by Operation Warp Speed, followed by the Abraham Accords. Fast forward well nigh four years later to what's now the end of 2023. Can you believe it? On the heels of the recent brutal demonic attack in Israel by Hamas from Gaza. That's the all this that I want to ask about and talk about. Because unless and until the all this gets me to Jesus, then what's all this for? And where's the hope? Are we going to be stuck in that broom tree or in that cave like Elijah, or are we going to get to Jesus? 
the quicker we get to Jesus, the more all this then begins to make some sense. Stay with me. Over the last four years, Elijah has become a really good friend of mine. I'll have you know. And the reason is, is I keep running and hiding in that cave. I have reserved seating under that broom tree, by the way. It's got my name on it. Don't take my seat. That's reserved. Broom tree, reserved. J.D. Farag right there. I've been there more times than I care to admit. But it's there that I start getting answers to the question before us today, does all this get me to Jesus, and if so, how so? And thankfully I can answer with a resounding yes. All this, all this has brought your pastor closer to Jesus with an urgency to preach only Jesus. There have been times under that broom tree, in that cave, where I've just thought, Lord, it's enough. <laughs> I feel like Jeremiah, same thing. How many times Jeremiah wanted to quit? In fact, he said, that's it, I'm done. Tenors his resignation. What does the Lord do with it? The same thing He does when Elijah wants him to kill him, wants, wants to die. You notice, God doesn't even respond. He just says, here, I'm going to feed you. you need some, first of all, you need some sleep, and you need to eat, and then you had enough strength, and you get to the cave, you're still hiding, still running. What are you doing here? I like how one answered that question. Everybody's got to be someplace. I'm here. What are you doing here? Everybody's got to be someplace. This is where I am. Hiding in the cave? You're still hiding, Elijah. Yeah. Why? Because I, I can't do this anymore. God never one time, whether it's an Elijah or a Jeremiah, says to them, okay, sit down, come on, let's you know, let's talk about this. He doesn't even answer the question. What does he do? Talk about fire. I don't know, maybe Jeremiah, same thing, but Jeremiah's like, there's a fire burning inside of me. His word burns like a fire within me, and I cannot keep my mouth shut. I have to. Paul would say it like this, the love of Christ constrains me. It propels me. And by the way, slaves can't quit. If you're a slave, you're a bond slave. Employees can, but you're not an employee. You're a bond slave, and slaves can't quit. Nice try. I know you want to. In fact, maybe because you know you can't quit, that's why you want to die. Because if you die, then you don't have to keep doing that which you want to quit doing. Can I just humbly and lovingly say that until that trumpet sounds, and this is a renewed commitment of sorts, 
I commit to you anew that these prophecy updates, which we will continue to do every week, well, actually, there'll, there'll be one week where there will not be a prophecy update, because <laughs> I won't be here, and you better not be here either, because we'll have been caught up. Maybe some of you are going to get a fiery chariot and fiery horses. I don't know. If you do, that'd be cool. This is my commitment to you anew. These prophecy updates, if you cannot answer the question of how does this get me to Jesus, then I'm not going to do it. I'm not interested in it. And I care not about what anyone says about it. Because the only thing that matters to me is what my Jesus says about it. Period. So when I get up here, I want you to know that I have spent time seeking the Lord, sometimes a considerable amount of time. And I've done the Elijah, Jeremiah, all of those guys. In fact, I use their notes. God, <laughs> no, no, yeah. And then that fire starts burning, and I can't not. Yeah, but if you do that, man, they're going to they're gonna censor you. Censor away. God will have the final word on that. Yeah, but if you talk about that, people are going to unsubscribe and they're not going to follow you. I don't care. If you're following Jesus, that's all that matters. Don't follow me. Paul would say it like this, only imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow Jesus as I follow Jesus. But don't, don't follow man. Don't follow me. Follow Him. Follow Jesus. And get to Jesus. And I think it would be good and appropriate if all of us, again myself included, would take and superimpose the template of the question before us today on everything and anything in our lives. How does blank get me to Jesus? And if so, how so? I think you might be pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly, keyword surprised. How much of our time, and interesting, we all have the same amount. I'm just talking from the heart. I, I'm out, out of notes. I'm looking down because, I don't know, sometimes the way you look at me, I just kind of like look down. I'm almost done. It's got, I'm not going to go long today. That was one of the other points, because I do have a point. I'm just sharing from my heart. I mean, we all have the same amount of time, don't we? We all have 24 hours in a day, and none of us are going to cheat that or defy that. We got 24 hours in a day, and it's the last day, and that trumpet could sound today. 
And all I care about right now is not what they say. I don't care about that or them or this if it doesn't get me to Jesus. Because right now we got to get to Jesus and we got to get people to Jesus and Jesus to people because we're out of time. We're out of time. Oh, there we, no, it could be in a stop. Stop, please. I, I'm pleading with you. I'm begging you, stop. Oh, we got to, the next gen, the next generation. Are you kidding me? We're the final generation. This is it. Hey, pastor, you're, uh, you're getting dangerously close to date setting. You can call me a date setter. I don't care. Because the date has been set. The appointed time. And that time is now. Now, now, pastor, you're venting. I might be. It's a sanctified venting, though, I'll have you know. See, here's the bottom line. There's a lot of bullies out there that are trying to bully and intimidate anyone who dares take God at His Word. And you know, as I've inquired of the Lord concerning this, I can only come up with one thing, and it's that it's playing it safe and self-preservation. I hope you know that you're looking at a pastor, if I'm your pastor, and it's my privilege to be, I want you to know something about your pastor. Not too much. I just <laughs> I want you to know this though. You got a pastor who has nothing to lose. I literally have nothing to lose because I've already lost my life in this world. I've already picked up my cross. I've died to myself. And I've let go of everything. And I'm not talking materially. I mean, certainly that is part and parcel. I'm talking about I've let go of my wife, who I love so much, my children, who I love so much, you, who I love so much, this church that I'm so profoundly privileged to pastor. I, I'm not trying to protect anything. I'm not trying to preserve anything. I've, I've lost everything. All I have is Jesus, and that's all I want. And all I want to do is get as many people as I can, either to Jesus or back to Jesus, while there's still time. Have I said one last thing yet? I just did. Please, this is a plea from my heart. Don't let, I'm going to put another blank in there. Don't let blank, you fill it in, steal your joy and kill your hope in the soon return of Jesus Christ. And can I add to that, just put the pedal to the metal, man, and just go for it. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, Take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. 
How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.